0: It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Racklevin. It is Thursday, February 4th. We are now just a few days away from the Super Bowl. My math is correct here. And I know I told you I'd be back yesterday. I got my schedule wrong because I'm a ding-dong. But I am here today, and tomorrow I will be back again. Of course, tomorrow will be our prop extravaganza for the Super Bowl. We'll talk a lot of player props, a couple of novelty props as well, some stuff I like there. But today I want to break this bad boy down. You know We've already talked a little bit about projections last week, okay, but that only gets us so far. we got to know the intricacies of the matchup to really exploit this thing from a player prop standpoint, from a fantasy standpoint, so that's what we're going to do today. We'll talk about everything, everything, deep dive. It's one game. We can do that. Uh, before we get into that, let me tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. MonkeyKnifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks. That means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyKnifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, esports, and of course, football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all, and you know what else. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use that promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. All right, so let's dive into this bad boy. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll just go. I'll go with Kansas City first. Really doesn't matter what team I go with first. And I look at Patrick Mahomes, and you know what? This is it's a mid pack matchup for Patrick Mahomes. So I'm not really worried about the matchup uh, there. I, I know we can look easily to what he did last time he had 462 passing yards back in week 12. He had three passing scores in that game. What's kind of fascinating about that, like you you kind of think okay, well, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Well, that's the second highest total he's had in his career in a single game. So, that is kind of saying something there. That was hefty as the kids like to say. He also has 30 straight games with a touchdown pass. Like, you know, and that's including the playoffs. So, that's pretty impressive there as well. Uh, the Bucks allowing 268.3 net passing yards per game, 1.8 passing scores per game. So again, mid-pack matchup. He shouldn't really have a problem here, and it is going to be interesting talking about the player prop lines because he's got some enormous passing yard lines that we'll talk about on the show tomorrow. But obviously, I have to love Mahomes. When it comes to the single-game slate DFS this week, Mahomes is really expensive, obviously, which kind of takes him out of the running for the captain spot for me because when I was I've been building lineups, and you really when when you play a single game slate, well, any slate for that matter, but really, especially a single game slate, you do want your lineup to tell a story, right? And the story I'm telling essentially this week is a pass heavy story, a pass centric story. So you want to nail the stack on either side, like using both quarterbacks. So, if you're going to play Mahomes in the captain spot on DraftKings, that will cost you $18,000. And that really severely limits what you can do. Now, I don't think you skimp in the captain spot, but um, Mahomes is the highest price. So, I don't think I go that route, but I absolutely want to roster him. In a game that you think is going to be a shootout, you want to get both the quarterbacks because those are the two guys who are going to score the most. Um, They're going to be expensive, (laughs) they are but you know, absolutely using him. I I do think you have to make a decision though, and the decision comes down to Mahomes in terms of stacking. Are you going to stack him with Kelsey, or are you going to stack him with Tyreek Hill? There's merits to both. I mean, you save a little bit with Hill, but you look at what Travis Kelsey has done. He's caught at least eight balls in nine of his last 10 games. He's topped 100 yards seven times in that span he's scored nine touchdowns in that span. So he scored actually an eight of those 10 games because he had the one two TD game. That's insane, man. That is absolutely insane. And you know what's even crazier is, uh, you know, we did a broadcast, so you should check these out. So we did one earlier in the week uh, for Typico Sportsbook. It was me, Brad Evans, and Elliot Christ. Then, uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, Thursday evening, We'll be doing our second of the week. It's uh, it's really geared towards all sportsbooks. It's not anything in particular. We'll have a couple guests on that show, and we're going to do a lot of freaking props on it. So check that out. You'll be able to find it on social media. Go to Brad Evans' Twitter. Go to my Twitter. I'll be retweeting it uh, and likely posting it as well. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be fun. But anyway, um, you know, I said earlier in the week, you know, Elliot had said something like, you know, he only had eight catches for 82 yards, and and that's a mindset that I, I'm not really knocking Elliott for having, but just, like, let's put that into context, he only had eight for 82, that's like a career game for most tight ends, you know, like, they'll never have a game better than that, and that's just like, oh, ho, hum for Travis Kelsey, what's this dude's floor, seven catches, like, 80 yards, It's crazy, man. So I I like Kelsey a little bit more than Hill, but I'm going to have some Hill lineups. I'm just going to be a little bit more exposed to Kelsey. I think it's almost impossible without completely punting the other side. Like You can't do a Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, and have Brady in there. It's just almost impossible with the salaries. I I haven't even tried it, but it's going to be a tough one uh, there. Now, speaking of Hill... Uh, these the matchups here are gonna be interesting because I know obviously everybody's you know keeping an eye or their their eye is on the last time these two teams met. You had Carlton Davis get absolutely torched in that one. He actually allowed 12 catches on 15 targets for 236 yards and three scores. That's in one game. Most of that was to hill, not all of it. Well, 10 catches were to hill. <laughs> all three touchdowns were to hill. But that was a unique circumstance. So in that contest, they were kind of forced to potentially you know, try and contain Hill because Jamel Dean didn't play. So they were kind of forced into the shadow because you had Sean Murphy Bunting out there who ordinarily plays in the slot, and I'll talk about him in a minute. And then you also had Ross Cockrell who you had to bring onto the field who, you know, in an optimal setting, you don't have to use him in that spot. So they shadow with Davis. Davis gets destroyed like, absolutely destroyed, and and I'm not really blaming Davis. They don't have to do that in this one, because Dean will be back on the field, and Davis, actually, I don't think they want to do it. I mean, he's allowed three scores over the last two weeks, 10 catches on 15 targets for 181 yards, so now, granted, again, you face Devontae Adams. I mean, that's going to be part of it, but Dean uh, Dean gives him a pretty solid presence. Like, if you actually look back, Early in the year, it really looked like Carlton Davis was having a breakout season. Now, ultimately, cooled off a little bit. But what he had is a young player season. Like he's a younger player in the league. He grew. He's not fully there yet. That's fine. I, I've not. You know, I'd be really happy if I'm a Bucs fan right now at the growth in this secondary because all three of these guys are young. But Dean put together the better season as a whole. You know, especially in the playoffs here. So he's allowed 5 catches on 9 targets for 53 yards over the last two games. And what I love about Dean, like, so he'll allow catches. It's not like he's going to completely shut you down like a 45% catch rate or something like that. He was at 64% for the season, but just 8.6 yards per catch. For an outside corner, that's a, that's especially impressive. So he's keeping it in front of them, not allowing the big plays. That's important. He's got the speed, we know that. And having him on the field means that it's likely they don't shadow Tyreek Hill here. Now, here's the problem. Hill runs mainly out of the slot, 60% of the time, in fact, on the regular season. So that means he's going to see a lot of Sean Murphy bunting, who allowed a 78% catch rate in the regular season. And, you know, again, corner slot corners may allow a higher catch rate. I don't really think that's a huge knock. It's not like I just go to that and then say, all right, case closed, boys. He stinks. Nope. <laughs> Not going to do that. It's the yards per catch coupled with the catch rate. So I just made the case for Dean. Catch rate maybe a tick high. Maybe a tick high. Murphy Bunting's is very high. But Dean's is maybe a tick high. But because it's 8.6 yards per, uh, I'm like, okay, cool. We're good with that. As far as Murphy Bunting is concerned, a slot corner, I want to see that number under 10. He's at 11.8. That's a big number. He's also he allowed a touchdown in the wild card round. Uh, he surrendered 11 catches over the last two games here in the playoffs as well. So that is advantage Tyreek Hill. Now the other question is, what else do we have here at wide receiver? Because Demarcus Robinson on the COVID list. Think he'll get off of it though, because it was a close contact. Sammy Watkins looking like he'll ultimately be labeled as questionable. If he doesn't play, the immediate assumption from a lot of people is upgrade. McCole Hardman, McCole Hardman season, I say that jokingly, I, I don't really like the season, anytime you hear me use season, I'm joking, just like anytime you hear me say, smash bot, it's a joke, I know it's funny when you have to explain your jokes, but sometimes, sometimes people think I'm like serious, <laughs> anyway, my humor, only I get it, regardless, it's not McCole Hardman season, If we paid attention to last week, I mean, or, well, two weeks, I keep saying freaking last week, two weeks ago, conference championship, who was out there on the field? It wasn't Hardman, actually. It was Byron Pringle. Pop the Pringles, baby. He ran ahead of Robinson and Hardman. 37 rounds for Ty Freak. 31 for Byron Pringle, 30 for Robinson, only 17 for Hardman. Byron Pringle is sneaky AF this week. Now, in terms of the backfield, C.E.H. I mean, hey, the hype was there heading into the year, wasn't it? He didn't quite live up to that hype outside of Week One. Had, you know, had a couple, you know, brief uh, appearances here and there, but ultimately down the stretch was hurt. And you know, even before then, there was it was very real. It was very obvious that they didn't want to just make him a bell cow. You know, the last time these two teams faced each other in Week 12, Le'Veon Bell actually played 24 snaps, 47 for Clyde edwards laird It was just eight for Daryl Williams, but Daryl Williams down the stretch has been pretty freaking good. 31 touches in the Chiefs' two playoff wins. Honestly, I don't think this is just, oh, yeah, wipe our hands clean, it's Clyde edwards laird and that's it. I think this is a closer to a 50-50 split between him and Williams with a little bit of Bell sprinkled in. I do think Bell ultimately plays, and 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 really, that's a way of negating this very good run defense that Tampa has by keeping the fresh bodies on the field. So I know that's maybe a little bit of a different take than what else is out there, but this is how I think we're going to see it. And I'll talk about what that means for Daryl Williams and his rushing props uh, well, just as props in general tomorrow, but you know, as far as this is concerned, I mean, it's not a good matchup. The Tampa defense allowed fifty-nine point nine rushing yards per game to opposing backfields in the regular season. But I do think, like you know, if you are going to use, if you are going to use somebody who completely breaks the slate, it's Darrell Williams. It's not Clyde edwards lair You know, I think that that's the way ownership is going to go in this one. I, uh, you know, I don't think. I think more people will be on Clyde edwards Lair than they will be on uh, Darrell Williams. So let's go over to the other side. The GOAT, Tom, terrific. Since that Week 9 debacle against the Saints, he's just been awesome. 10.4-yard average depth of target from Week 10 on that leads all passers. 6.5 passing attempts of 20-plus yards per, uh, per attempt, so 20-plus air yards over that span per game. 6.5 per game, he is pushing the ball vertically downfield in that game against uh Kansas City in week 12 345 and 3 they mounted that late comeback for sure in that game and you know Brady Brady's probably going to have to throw it in this one now if you say if i had to set a line and and the lines are out there i mean my mahomes line might be might be a little light at like 325 and a half but i know the books juice it up a little bit uh, Brady line for me, I still think 299.5 is is the appropriate line, somewhere in that range, 299, 298.5. It's close on the over for Brady. I think we can t- see two 300 yard passers in this game for sure. And, it, and just like Mahomes, it's more of a mid pack matchup. It really is. Now, I'll talk about who may have Brady's number in a minute here, but I expect him to push the ball vertically in this contest. And actually, captain wise, in. DFS he makes more sense to me than than Mahomes cuz he saves you $3,000. That goes a long way when you're rounding out this lineup. Uh so who do we stack him with? And I unlike um what I what I have at Kansas City where I prefer the Kelsey stack, I don't think that it makes any sense to stack with the the tight ends. I mean, I guess you could save yourself a whole lot of money if you went the Cameron Brate route. So Cameron Brate, uh nice and cheap. You know, compared to the two wideouts, Camerabrate right now 4,800, as opposed to Godwin 8,800, 8,400 for Mike Evans. I honestly do think it's Godwin, and and you know, here's what what I'm seeing here. Ultimately, like Evans did score two touchdowns in the previous meeting against these this team, but it really comes down to the matchup in the secondary here, and and who ultimately gets the better matchup between Evans and Godwin. So you have Bashad Breeland, you have Traverius Ward, you have Legereus Snead. Breeland has been really good this year. You know, .84 yards per route covered, 56% catch rate in his coverage. Now, he has allowed five touchdowns, but they all came in a four-game stretch from week 11 to 14. Of course, one of those was against Kansas City. But that was the only catch that he allowed in that game, by the way. One catch on six targets he had an interception. He had an interception the last time he faced Brady as well in 2019, so pretty tough one there. Uh, as far as Ward, Ward's been just as good, 53% catch rate, a little bit high on the yards per catch at 13.3. 14 targets in in the playoffs, uh, 11 catches for receivers against Ward, so they they've all been heavily targeted here. Uh, in that contest back in week 12, four catches on six targets for 52 yards. Now, here's the key. We have seen a lot of 12 personnel from the Bucks in the playoffs. So, 12 personnel, two tight ends on the field. That also means two wide outs on the field. So, that means you know, you're know you going to have Chris Godwin on the outside in those instances in, in, in a lot of cases. So, Chris Godwin on the outside, that means he's going to see Breland or Ward. Evans, Evans will kick to the slot about a little over 30% of the time, but most of his routes are spent on the outside, whereas when they go to three wide, the most likely receiver in the slot is going to be Godwin, so that's where the advantage comes in, because Legarius Sneed, 13 catches on 17 targets allowed over, or 13 catches allowed on 17 targets over his last three games, Uh, you know, He's being picked on, and I think that's where you go after this team. Now, he has kept the ball in front of him, 8.1 yards per catch, three picks, four PBUs, but they're going after him. So I I'm, I think that's the better of the two matchups. So for me, Godwin is a slightly better play. I still think Evans could break the game wide open because of his big playability and his presence in the red zone. But ultimately, if I'm going to use one of these guys, it's going to be Godwin. So you know we're right, we're paying up a lot here with with those two stacks in the lineup that I prefer. But I could also see stacking with Evans, save yourself four hundred dollars there. I could see stacking with Hill, saving yourself money on the other side. As far as the other receivers are concerned, be careful here. Antonio Brown. We have no clue if he's going to play or not. He said probably, but <clears throat> who knows if that's a yes or a no? <laughs> it's a probably. Uh, if Brown doesn't play, we're gonna see a rotation between Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson. This is another one, just like the McCole Hardman thing on the once on the other side, where people are gonna gravitate to Scotty. People love themselves from Scotty, and I get it. You know, he's a likable guy. But last week, I did it again, two weeks ago. Last game in the conference championship, Miller played 27 of 64 snaps. Johnson played 19 snaps. That was without Brown. So they rotated in that third receiver spot and they played a whole buttload, that's a technical term, of 12 personnel. So I don't think there's much value in those guys. So this is where it gets tricky because, you know, as I mentioned, there might be some value in Cameron Bray, but he's not super cheap. I do expect Gronk to stay in. You know, how about this? Gronk's averaged two point eight catches per game in the regular season. He has two catches in the playoffs. That's it in three games. So I don't expect much of him. Brate has eleven catches, so he's not going to play a ton of snaps. But he'll be potentially more involved here than Gronk.
1: But I don't love him,
0: you know. And and I I mean I do dig Leonard Fournette. I never thought I'd say that at this point of the year. But if you're playing in draft and hold fantasy leagues in the playoffs, and you have Leonard Fournette, you're probably going to freaking win. He's the number one non-quarterback scorer in a postseason. Like, I had to look at that like 15 times to finally believe it. 62 touches, 14 catches for Fournette, heavily involved, whereas Ronald Jones, I mean, he's seen double-digit carries in um, each of the last two games, but he only played 21 snaps in the divisional round. 17 in the conference championship game. Doesn't figure to be a big factor in this one. Fournette does figure to be a big factor, especially if they play from behind. And it's not a bad matchup with uh, opposing backfields averaging 4.52 yards per attempt against Kansas City. But Fournette is too pricey to get him in there if you're playing a lineup uh, with the passing stack that I'm talking about. So here's where I ultimately had to get a little bit contrarian. Um, if I'm loading up on the passing game, I really don't have uh, a lot of places where I can save money. Cameron Brate, unfortunately, too expensive uh, to to get in there with any confidence. So you have you have to really scrape the bottom of the barrel. If Demarcus Robinson plays, he could be one of those scrape the bottom of the barrel guys at fourteen hundred. Le'Veon Bell. Now here's the thing: Le'Veon Bell is only eight hundred. If he plays, if he like suits up, he's going to be on the field. I don't think he does much, but he really doesn't have to do much to reach value for you here. You know, he's got to score basically what, like three points <laughs> fantasy wise for him to be a value. I also think Ronald Jones is intriguing because Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is only 2,200, and like I said, double-digit carries in each of the last two games. He scored a touchdown against this team back in Week 12, so those are your savers for sure. I would fade the defenses here for obvious reason. I'm fading Gronk at 3,000. Scotty Miller is somewhat interesting at 3,400 if AB doesn't play. I don't think the kickers are really in play here. And then you're already up into the 4,000 range with Sammy Watkins and Cameron Braid. And Cameron Brate's almost 5,000. He's 4,800. So you're really, you know, if you're going to pay up, <laughs> there are very few pathways you can take. Le'Veon Bell almost has to be one of them, unfortunately. I don't like that, but that is, of course, if he plays. If he doesn't play, you have to kind of reformulate your, your strategy a little bit there. Anyway, there it is tomorrow we will break down player props it'll be the uh super bowl prop extravaganza everything every angle that i have for this game i'll get you set up there little uh player prop strategy just betting strategy in general as well on the show in the meantime do me a favor head on over to ftnfantasy.com and go pick up the super bowl guide we have it you know you if you want to win some money here it's 20 bucks for this bad boy and <laughs> It could pay for itself in like one bet, not even one bet, like a quarter of a bet could pay for itself right there. All the betting angles, not just from yours truly, but from all of our team, a bunch of smart guys over there and DFS as well. So go pick that up over at FTNFantasy.com and please keep reviewing the show on iTunes. Uh, it really helps. All those Apple Podcast reviews mean a lot. So if you haven't done so already, really easy to do. Open up that uh, podcast app on your iPhone if you have one. Go to my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe. Scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and you're done. It's really that easy. If you don't have an iPhone, you can always uh, go to your search engine of choice and search the show out, and it's pretty easy to review from there. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, hashtag Rat Pack that way I know you're a listener of the show, and I'll be back tomorrow. Player props All of it, everything, the prop betting extravaganza for Super Bowl 55. I'll catch you on the flip side, baby. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.